Warning, the following podcast may contain spoilers. Listener discretion is advised. Eleven is now on podcast stands for your listening pleasure. Welcome to DC Primetime here on the Next Level Podcast Network. From the showcast here on the De- Next Level Podcast Network, I am Ben Beck. And I am Rob Martin from the Caffeine Crew. And we have a lot to get to. We have a full week this week with all four shows returning. We have a spoiler alert, which you've been warned in the beginning of this podcast, as you are every week, um, about Casket Watch. We'll get to a little bit later on, as well as a lot of news this week for DC Essentials uh, for some upcoming stuff that's going to be coming on. But before we get started, first off, I want to apologize ahead of time. Uh, two weeks in a row, this week being the second, uh, we were a couple days late in posting this podcast. Last week, due to the Easter holiday, we posted a couple days late. This week, uh, as I had mentioned on last week's podcast, I had uh, an unfortunate death in the family, so I was doing a little bit of traveling this weekend and was unable to record on uh, the day we usually record. So I want to apologize, but promise you that starting next week and the weeks afterwards, we will be right back on schedule. So, uh, yeah. Don't worry about that. We'll be, uh, again, just wanted to get that apology out there for, for just being a couple of days late this week. But it's all good. It's a free podcast, so. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it's, not like it's not like you're paying for it. Yep. It's but we'll be back on Sundays uh, starting next week, probably. Yes. Like Sunday nights, it'll get, get back to being posted, so. Yes, exactly. Well, let's dive into the bullet point because we have a big week. Holy hell, did we have a big week. <laughs> uh, yeah, starting off first with uh, in the DC bullet points. Starting off first, as I had mentioned, with uh, Supergirl Season 1, Episode 18, titled World's Finest. Uh, we will start with you, Rob, uh, on the ranking system of sidekick, hero, or legend. I don't even have to ask, but for the listeners, yeah. what are you giving this one? <laughs> uh, uh, definitely getting a legend. Uh, that was, like I said, Supergirl has been getting better and better and better. And how do you make a show that's getting better, even better? Add the Flash. Yes. So straight uh, up, it was they had an amazing dynamic together. But we'll go over that uh, as soon as we get into Secret Origins. And I'm right there with you on this one. This was a legend for me as well. This was... By far, I mean, we've mentioned it for the past couple of weeks that these episodes of Supergirl have just been progressively getting better and better. The show is finding its footing. This one, I'm I'm, I'm really afraid is going to be a hard one to top. But, uh, yeah, legendary status. I'm just going to say it right now. It's a legendary status across the board for me. All, for four, all four shows got a legendary well, status. Well, all right, let's go into Flash. So yeah. you you said uh, legend this week, and that was our flashback episode. Yes, flashback season two, episode seventeen. Yeah, um, like I said, for me again, I'm going legend. Yeah, I mean I'm... it. It was just I, 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 Barry mucked with the timeline so much in this episode, but something so awesome came out of it at the very end. And yeah, I, and there were some other really cool things I can't wait to talk about. Yeah. Uh, next up, we have Arrow season four, episode seventeen, titled "Beacon of Hope." Uh, I know this is the only place I think this week we differ. I gave this one a legend status as well. Uh, but what did you give this one? I went hero this week again. 
So uh, I wanted to. I tr- I watched it twice just to see if I could be swayed to have uh, four weeks straight of like, well a week straight of four legends. But I I still couldn't in my heart do it. So yeah. So here for me. Okay. Uh, and finally, we have uh, episode uh, episode nine of the first season of DC's Legends of Tomorrow, titled "Left Behind." Uh, this one had a huge plot twist that I did not see coming, and I just wanted to say that anybody else out there in the world who says you saw this one coming, you are full of it, <laughs> because there were no clues leading to this whatsoever. Uh, we'll get to that plot twist when we get into the uh, the breakdown in Secret Origins. But Rob, what did you give this one? I gotta go a legend on this one again, man. Uh, it was, I think, the best episode we've had yet of this show. Yeah, and I was worried because of the way uh, we got left with the show going into you know going into the break that it took. Uh, I was worried. I was hoping it was going to come back strong, and man, it came back strong. So I'm loving it. It did. So and funny enough, they didn't do anything with Vandal Savage and. Straight up, man. They 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 just killed it. Yeah, but um, you know, I will say too. I, I'll leave it for Secret Origins. When okay, we talk about that's it. fine. Um, a little humorous side note that I'll I'll leave. Uh, but leave uh, again. Leaving DC's bullet points and moving into Secret Origins, where we break down the episodes. Um, I'm curious. Uh, do you want to break format and save Supergirl for last, or do you want to go right into it? Um, you know how? Yeah, let's let's change let's change it up this week. Let's let's get Arrow out of the way and then. Um, go into... And then we'll just geek out on all the other ones. Yeah, we'll just we geek gave out. Legends. Yeah. Uh, okay, cool. So uh, with that being case, we're going to go a little bit out of order, starting first with Arrow Season 4, Episode 17, uh, Beacon of Hope. The bug-eyed bandit escapes from jail and turns up at Palmer Tech, threatening to kill everyone in the building unless she gets the biochip that was implanted in Felicity's spine. So obviously with this episode starting off first, we saw the return of the bug-eyed bandit played by Emily Kinney who, if you are not familiar, was Beth in The Walking Dead. Mm-hmm. And she made her first appearance as the Bug-Eyed Bandit on The Flash when Felicity crossed over. Um, but this is her first appearance on Arrow. Yeah, another Felicity-centric episode, too. Yes. Um, which was one of the things I actually kind of enjoyed about this. I mean, I know, uh, you know, I, this show has no qualms about shifting the focus from Oliver to another character and there's been a couple characters I know we've we've talked about who have kind of been neglected by this mm-hmm. uh you know we've we've seen some Diggle episodes we've seen some Thea episodes and we've seen quite a bit of Felicity and now we're getting another one but uh I kind of like this one uh for a number of different reasons more because it's it's setting up a future for Felicity outside of Team Arrow uh, but the show is called Arrow. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> I, it's just uh, you know. I, I again, I you guys have heard me talk. I I, I do like the show. I do really like the show. But it's I don't know what they're doing anymore. I really don't. <laughs> I mean, I, again, like I do think if if this was an episode of The Flash, I think actually I would have actually enjoyed it a lot more. Um, it was honestly for me, it was just the fact that. Arrow this season, like, they had a really strong start, came out of the mid-season break, and they're just kind of like, what do we do? And they keep coming into this moment, they, they'll have the show be dark and soap opery-esque, and that seems like what the show has always kind of been, with some really good action. And then sometimes they'll do something kind of silly and goofy and out of left field, but this this week, man, like, I don't get it. 
last week was grim and dour and it was feeling like I was watching like general hospital. And then this week was like a bad B movie pun. Totally intended. (laughs) I love that when we were talking off the air before we started recording, you were like a B movie, not pun intended. I'm like, shut up. That pun (laughs) is totally intended. It is. I'll give it to you. I'll totally give it to you. And you know, like I said, the Brie, uh, the Brie Larvin character is fun, but like, she seems so out of place on this show. It was kind of like when we saw Cupid last week, It, it just, it's not to say that the show's not allowed to have fun because it. I they had a great time like being quippy when we had calculator and Felicity going up against each other, and this was just kind of like how many puns and pop culture references can you cram in forty two minutes? Because dear God, if I tried to write them all down from this episode, I think my hand would have fallen off. Well, I mean, we had like a my girl pun, and oh my God. Um, <laughs> I mean, I will say though that one cool thing that I I did enjoy, and it, it's so stupid, is the fact that the it, this was a. I, I kind of title this one an episode not by but in homage to Michael Bay, as in the bees came together to form a transformer. Yeah, you, you, you did get a transforming bee man. <laughs> we um, got a transforming bee man. Yeah. So. Um, but, I mean, again, there was – I understand why you gave it a legend. There was some definitely good stuff. Like I said, we got to see you know Echo Columns Curtis kind of step up and join Team Arrow, which was really fun to watch. He found – dude, it was so great the moment that he stumbled into the Arrow Cave. And, and I love the fact that he calls it the Arrow Cave and Oliver turns around. And he's like, well, we were more calling it the Lair, but, it, you know, whatever. And it, which was a nice, nice nod to the comics, because I think at one point in time that they did like they actually were calling it the Arrow Cave. And somebody's like, yeah, that's not a really great name. Like, you're the Green Arrow. Why don't you call it like the Quiver? He's like, oh, that's really good. I like that. Yeah. So I was kind of hoping they were going to throw that nod in there, but not quite. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I mean, a, a couple other obviously outside of the Felicity centric things that we uh, that this episode focused on. We did get a couple other things. Um, we found out through Malcolm Merlin that Hive really just doesn't want Damian Dark back. Um, he was the leader of Hive and Hive apparently just was not happy with the abilities that he had and the abuse that he used with them. Mm-hmm. And they just would rather see him in prison. So I think that's a nice little nod to the fact that when Damian Dark escapes, which we know he's going to do, uh, he's not going to be a member of Hive anymore. He's going to be against Hive, I think. Yeah, it's possible. I mean, like, we did see another villain pop up in there, too. We saw Murmur again. Uh, I can't remember if when we saw him originally in Arrow, but I do remember the character name. That's about it. But, uh, yeah, like I said, a little small character nod that was uh, a returning villain again. But, yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, like I said, the Dark stuff this week was kind of ho-hum. Um, but, I mean, again, the stuff we get did get to see with him and Malcolm was interesting. I will say that. It seems almost like, I mean, you mentioned the Vixen episode. It seems almost like this is, and, and I'm thinking about this now uh, after you mentioned that. It seems like this is almost another fill-in episode. Uh, they used it more to build another character, whereas with Vixen, it, there really was no character development. It was a total fill-in episode. But now, you know, they're... They're getting towards the end of the season. They've gotten to the point in the dark storyline that they've wanted to get. And they needed something kind of to spread out the season to get the 22 episodes. And it's kind of disappointing because we're still looking at flashback stuff that hasn't tied in. I would have rather them spend that time fleshing out that flashback finally. Give us a reason why it makes sense um, to the, the, the season as a whole. Like there's not many episodes left for this season and I still don't care. That I think they should have maybe focused there instead of kind of just doing a throwaway character like this. Yeah. 
I mean, we're getting more rogues for Felicity than we are Oliver at this point, it feels like, this season. We had Calculator, and now we had, you know, Bug-Eyed Bandit coming to play. And, you know, we had a whole episode where it was Felicity versus her evil Felicity inside her head. Um, I mean, you know, Cupid kind of was gunning after Ollie and her. I mean, it's built arrows, you know, rogues, not Felicity Smokes rogues, who is just... Made it very abundantly clear in this episode. She just wants to run Palmer Tech. Or so, Smoke Enterprises. Or Smoke Enterprises, Smoke Industries. What, or Smoke you know, Industries, yeah. Yeah, from uh, you know this Star City 2046. But I, I think that's where the show is having a really hard time. Like I, I, I was mentioning to Ben before we started, it was... The show doesn't seem like it knows what it wants to do. Like I said, you know, it's, it's one thing one week, and then the next week it's something completely polar opposite. But it doesn't seem like it's making sense on why it's, you know, it, it's like they're hearing fan outcries like the show's getting too dark and soap opera. And like, so we're going to go 180 in the absolute opposite direction is, you know, almost getting to the point of like slapstick. And it was it's getting weird. Like, I never know what arrow is going to be when I tune in each week. Yeah. I mean, I'm still enjoying the show, though. So, I mean, it's it's not like it's it's turning me off. I'm not getting I'm nowhere close to done watching it uh you know i'm still going to be a faithful fan from week to week i mean and i understand why they're doing the stuff with felicity they they kind of want to set it up so that felicity she still wants to be a hero but now she wants to be a hero in her own way right you know she she's with smoke industries or you know palmer tech right now you know with that chip that was implanted in her back she wants to use that for good she wants to use that to help people and you know produce more of these chips so it's it's more of Felicity finding her own way to be a hero other than just sitting in, you know, in the Arrow Cave the right. whole time on a computer. Yeah. And like I said, we did get, um, you know, there was a line I think that right now kind of makes me kind of encapsulates how I feel right now about the show. Like the last couple of weeks is uh, when they're all in, you know, the lair kind of talking about what's been going on, trying to catch Curtis up to speed. And it was this Lance making the comment. It was like. Now I'm fighting robot bees. This is my life now. And that's kind of how I feel like when I watch this show some weeks. If they do what I think they're going to next week, watching this show is going to be like, well, this is my life now. Well, uh, before we get into that, um, obviously, one of the things that, you know, uh, one thing that we can talk about that was led into this, uh, we see at the end of the episode that Andy Diggle is working with Malcolm. So technically still working for Hive, even though. You know, we saw a couple of weeks ago that he moved back in with John and, you know, was a family man again and getting away from that. But now, you know, we're it's it's been revealed that he's he's in cahoots with Malcolm with, and Malcolm, we know, works for Hive. So Andy is still working for Hive and which leads us into the promo for next week's episode titled 1159. It is a big, big episode for this season. Yes. Uh, the promo leads you to believe uh, we are going to find out. I mean, we've been talking about casket watch for the past couple weeks, you know, since we started this, uh, leading up to who's in the casket for the show. We find out next week. Well, we, do. we found out already. We, but... we we did. But, you know, we're going to save that for the news to make you wait yeah. and listen to the show until that point instead of just finding out what you wanted to hear from Arrow and then turning off the episode or anything like that. So, yeah, we, we'll, uh, we'll, we'll get into that then. That way everybody can hear the show just in case, too, somebody doesn't want to hear that spoiler yet. We'll save that for the news section. So if you yeah. want to hear about the shows first and you don't want to know about what's coming next week, highly recommend maybe cutting that. We'll make that our last news story and we'll give well, you a, another warning right before we say that. Yeah, we'll let you know to kind of like mute your podcast for like two minutes or fast forward two minutes into the future of the podcast. Yes. You're going to time travel like Barry. Mm-hmm. 
So, uh, but speaking of that, let's jump to uh, the Flash. Uh, by the way, Arrow is new next week or yes. this week at the time that you're listening to this. So, mm-hmm. uh, but let's jump to the Flash. Uh, season two, episode seventeen, titled "Flashback." After a shocking revelation of Zoom's real identity, Barry is more determined than ever to get back to Earth Two to stop Zoom forever. Desperate to find a way to increase his speed, Barry decides to travel back in time and masquerade as his earlier self in order to get his arch nemesis, uh, Doctor Harrison Wells, aka Eobard Thawne, to teach him how to run faster. However, things do not go as planned, and Barry is stunned to face the familiar foe, Hartley Rathaway, as well as an old friend, Eddie Thawne, and um, uh, Hartley Rathaway, as we know as the uh, the Pied Piper. Yes, yes. So, and they, they had a lot of fun this week. They really had a lot of fun this they week. They did. They, they had a ton of fun. I have um, – uh, a lot just came out of this episode, and I love episodes that are just full of not only Easter eggs, but um, just plot. I mean, it's it, it keeps you interested the entire time. Um, I mean, there's a couple things worth noting uh, that we saw. Obviously, we, we saw the return of Pied Piper, who was back from last season. That Was that, that, was, was that last season or earlier this season? It was last season. It was last season. Yeah. That's what I thought. It was, I think. Oh, yeah, because we, we still had the reverse them, flash. Yeah, it was prior to them finding Ronnie Raymond, actually. It was very early on last season. Yeah, because we still didn't know that Harrison Wells was the reverse flash. Right. From the first season. Um, we did get a big reveal, however, from Caitlin that um, it is not uh, – when it comes to Barry's speed, it's all about technique and not actual leg speed. Yeah. So, so like it was the idea of that the foot drag and the fact that his feet do not move quite as quick and trying to find different ways to do that and deal with those things. And it was uh, it was kind of interesting. So, yeah, the whole objective was to go back, talk to Harris, and find out exactly what to do and manipulate it. And immediately the worry before he jumps back and he tells, you know, Team Flash, you know, what his plans are. You know, Harry kind of looks at him. He's like, this is a really stupid idea. Do not do this. Um, Which I kind of thought it was fun to get to see Tom Cavanaugh kind of play almost three characters this week. Yes, exactly. And he did a really good job across doing all three, I think. Um, Yeah. It was seeing the Harrison Wells from last season pre-reveal that we all really loved. We got to see, you know, Dirty Harry. Um, <laughs> and because he's always talking in kind of like that kind of whisper every every time he talks. Um, yeah. And then we got to see him kind of unleash his Eobard as well. Um, so it, it was cool to see him kind of play that up. And they loved messing with you in that moment. The fact that Barry knew and it was trying to dodge around it every way he could. Um, to not be found out. Um, so that was pretty cool. Uh, they, they did a really nice job with that. We also saw him, you know, the Flash fight the Flash because he had to knock him out. It was that Back to the Future yeah. kind of moment. Yep, I, and I love those moments. I love mm-hmm. the Back to the Future kind of nods to the show. Uh, and yeah, I mean, and, and it was one thing that we got to see with Barry versus Barry that when it comes to his fight style, Barry hasn't hurt, learned a lot. Yeah. I mean, it, it, he's pretty even keel with how he was the year before. I mean, he might be a little bit faster, but fighting style, he, he's still Barry. I mean, the, there's not really a lot he's learned. Yeah, and he knows a couple new tricks like that he's like learned, like, you know, be able to throw lightning from Jay and stuff like that. But beyond that, there's like, you know, they did bring up the idea that what ultimately made him found out was the fact that, you know, Harrison realized because 
his Barry hasn't learned how to phase through things yet, which when Barry was trying to kind of vibrate through the cuffs was uh, kind of uh, his giveaway. And it was kind of fun to watch Barry's brain kind of fall apart throughout this episode. Also him messing with the timeline quite a bit. Yes, which was the one thing that Harry told him not to do the moment he went back. But, I mean, unfortunately, uh, one of the other big reveals of this episode, one of the reasons he had to mess with the timeline or was forced to mess with the timeline is because we saw the first appearance of a time wraith. Which is Uh, something very new to the Flash continuity. So don't go worrying about trying to flip through books. I'm like, why don't I know this? Well, it, I mean, this it, is, I, t- time rates are brand new to the Flash universe. I did well, I, a lot I, of reading I, and digging, and they have and never been too, done. I did too, and I did read that uh, one of the reasons why the writers probably went with the time wraith is because uh, it's it's very comparable to the Black Flash. Yes, from yeah. the comic books, and a, a mixture of that to, and kind of like maybe like the Black Racer, kind of a it's a weird combination of the two, or just generally the Speed Force eating somebody apart. Yes, yeah. Uh, I mean, and you could tell, I mean, it was obvious by the end of the episode when the Wraith, when the the Black Wraith, the Time Wraith was attacking Barry and touching Barry and we saw it sucking the life out of him. They looked kind of similar. So, I mean, it's almost like this Time Wraith is a a death Wraith of Barry. Yeah, it's what was one of the things that made me smile was when you saw Barry's face kind of like aging. It was that classic Crisis on Infinite Earths when like he Barry saves the day in the end of that storyline. And, you know, he basically kind of runs out of his own existence. Um, Like, you see him age to the point where he just disintegrates. Um, But it was that same look, and they got that almost picture perfect on screen the way that they made that look. Yeah. And I think we're, I I mean, I don't think this is the end of Time Wraiths. I think we're definitely going to see them again. We'll probably even get a much better explanation as to what they are and how they come to be. And, but I, you know what? For something new for lore, I loved it. I thought it was really cool. Oh, I thought it was great because I, I remember watching it, and when that happened, and you saw the time wraith in you know the time vortex, that was one of the first moments in this show where I was honestly okay. What the hell was that? Yeah, it was a nice like kind of little surprise for us. And I, I, you and me both kind of picked it out that we texted each other immediately after we both watched the episode. It was like, oh my god, the time wraith had like Barry's mask and all. Yep. So we had that speedster uniform kind of attached to the bones and all the way it looked it was pretty cool i did have an initial thought when i first saw the time wraith and this was something that i had um you know kind of thought about uh, when we saw you know the episode with trajectory my first initial thought when i saw trajectory was that she didn't evaporate in the time force is that she kind of almost disappeared into a time vortex and then when i saw the the time wraith this episode i thought that there was a possibility that could have been trajectory uh you know just what became of trajectory after she ran as fast as she did uh but then like when i got a better look at the time wraith and i saw the full mask on its head very similar to barry's i realized it wasn't trajectory and then you know we got a little bit more of an explanation from eobarthon in the past as to what a time wraith is and it's because of the time wraith that eobarthon actually comes to the conclusion that the Barry that is there is not the Barry from that time period. Exactly. Because he knows what creates time raids. It's somebody messing with the timeline. So he knows that it's most likely that Barry is not from that time period. And that's when he gets locked up. Or that's when, you know, uh, Eobard locks him up in the cuffs. As we mentioned, Barry tries to face through it and everything goes to the way it does. Yeah. Um, But, like, yeah, again, like, I, I... I, I don't even know how to say how happy I was with the entirety of the episode. I mean, 
we, we haven't even touched on the Pied Piper stuff yet. Um, we might as well touch that because there's one thing I'm kind of curious if you're linking it the same way I am. Okay. So what's uh so like I said we did deal with you know uh, you know Rathaway again, and uh, you know if you remember from season one when he was locked up in the accelerator area, that he did have the bombs in his ears. Barry brings that up and they scan his ears, find the frequency, and his basically little sonic hearing aids that he can use for an explosive. That they uh, swap it up, which causes Rathaway to kind of help Team Flash in the past. And uh, so when we see Barry kind of jump back to present time, and they're dealing with the time wraith at the very ass end of the episode, who comes in and saves the day? But Pied Piper. Pied Piper, who is not a villain, has reconciled with his family, which was one of the main things that made him the way he was in the past. Mm-hmm. And yeah, he's a, made a complete 180 and is now a an ally to to the te- to the team. Yeah, uh, he generally was there to help out, and uh, the fact that they knew of the knowledge that Barry would be back at that specific day, uh, I love the fact that they played with it, where they had a year to figure out the solution to the problem. Yeah, and uh, that they were ready and waiting. So that moment that that happened, boom! All all hands were on deck. You know, Hartley uh, Hartley was there, and. You know, it was just awesome. It was one of those things you just didn't see coming because we've been hearing about time consequences so much. and We haven't really seen anything drastic yet. This is that first big drastic change. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, A couple other things, obviously. So what was the way that you wanted to see if I took it the same way? So (laughs) Eobard does bring up to him on how to get faster, which is the idea of using tachyons. Yes. Okay, so... You know, Barry escapes from the past with the plans to use tachyons to get faster in present day. With that, though, do you think Eobard's doing that for malicious reasons? Because him using tachyons led him to being getting stuck in the past. Um, I don't know. Um, I, I want to say no, uh, only because of the fact that we we know that Barry makes Eobard believe by lying that. Eobard finds his way back home, which was his pretty much his main goal to begin with. He he wanted to get home. Um, so he does lead him to believe that he does get home. Not to mention the fact that, and we're going to get to it a little bit later on, we see, because I know because of production schedules, these episodes aired out of order. And when I say that, I'm talking about the Supergirl Flash crossover. Um I think that episode was supposed to happen a little bit further on into the f- Flash schedule. I think we're a couple episodes behind in Flash to where that should have happened because we actually see a tachyon device on Barry in in Supergirl. Yeah. And, and, um, we, and at this point in the Flash, he hasn't developed it yet. He just got the technology for it. So um, I don't know. We're, we're seeing that Barry is learning. We're seeing through Supergirl that Barry is... He he hasn't mastered it yet, but he's learning how to use it. Right. And so I for, don't know if it's if it if it's he used it for malicious intent. Yeah, that's true. Uh so yeah, I'm very curious to see in the next maybe couple of weeks before we get to like the finale point if they're gonna do another episode kind of diving into that a little bit. Um especially seeing how he gets stuck over over in the Supergirl. Maybe that would be next the next coming episode, which won't be next week. Uh they're going back into break uh for I think what, two weeks? For two weeks, yeah. Okay. So I'm wondering if that's what we're going to see in that episode is them playing around with using tachyons to try to make him faster. 
And then going from there, the end of that episode would lead into what this week's episode of Supergirl was. And then we'll be probably in it to in it for the long haul at the end of that show, which we originally thought was going to be this run. But again, another break, uh, another break. Yeah. April 19th, the show is going to return. Yeah. Uh, but before we get into the return episode, a couple other things I just wanted to make mention of. Uh, Eobard has mentioned in this episode that there are many speedsters. So uh, leading us to believe that the speedsters we have seen both so far, as in, you know, Barry, Reverse Flash, Trajectory, Zoom, uh, potentially Wally, you know, Wally West becoming a speedster at some point. Um, also, um, oh, God, I, I'm blanking on Wells's daughter. Jesse Quick. Jesse Quick. Mm-hmm. Uh, there are potentially many other speedsters out there. So whether they're on... Some Earths or the same Earth, there are other speedsters. So we got that reveal as well as the fact that when Barry returned to the to the present day, uh, we got a mention for the first time of Harrison Wells' wife. And I'm curious if we believe that she is going to – if we're going to get more reveal of that, if they're going to dive deeper into that or if it's just a quick mention and that's the end of it. Yeah, I mean, I think there's still a lot that could be potentially played with. I, I mean, I don't think we saw the end of any of this to to be sure. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and then the finally, the last thing I wanted to make mention is we got to see the return of Rick Cosnett this week. Yes, we did. Very, uh, very as, nicely done, too. As Eddie Thawne. And I loved the whole leaving the video for Iris. Uh, I thought that was a nice touch for Barry to be able to do that, to help Iris find some closure with uh, with Eddie. Um, you know, because she says in the beginning of the episode she started dating. She went on a date with her boss, which is never a good idea. I don't care if you're on TV or in the real world; you, <laughs> you don't date your boss. It exactly. never turns out well. So, so, but yeah, we did see that, and then you know, the her just not being able to move on, leading Barry to do this when he did come across Eddie in the prior time, um, which I thought was pretty awesome. That you know, Barry the kind of the heart of gold, and he was kind of the crying moment in this episode. Of yeah. doing that and getting to see Eddie and having him kind of react to having to deal with him, knowing that somebody that's a friend of his is is shortly about to perish. Yeah. So it was uh, it was very interesting to see how all that played out. Uh, next week, or not next week, however, next episode, which as I had mentioned, re- when the Flash returns, April nineteenth, the title of the episode, the title alone makes me look forward to this episode uh, versus Zoom. And we are getting a Zoom backstory. So this is going to be a very heavy Teddy Sears episode. Uh, we're going to find out more as to the backstory as to how Teddy Sears, Teddy Sears or Hunter Zolomon, depending on which way we're going with this, became Zoom. And the plot synopsis is Barry, having now learned to travel between the different Earths, decides to take the fight to Zoom. So we're definitely going to see more with that tachyon technology right. uh, happening in the next episode of Flash when Flash comes back. Yeah, and that'll, I think that's – you were asking, I think I think it was last week, if there's enough time to really flesh out who Zoom really is. And there's your answer. It sounds like next week we'll find out, is it really Jake Garrick? Is it Hunter Zolomon? What's exactly going on here? I think all those answers will be a- like answered next week. And I think that's going to be our last big exposition point for the season. Yeah, yeah, I, I think so too. I think because I think when Arrow comes back or when Flash comes back, I think this is it. I think this is we're getting this till the end, and then the season's going to wrap up. What uh, episode number is the next one? Uh, that would be after I closed out my tab. Uh, that would be episode eighteen. <laughs> eighteen. So there are, 
I think five episodes, including eighteen. Okay, I think, I think twenty-three episodes this season. Okay, I believe the episode after versus Zoom is going to be the rupture episode with Armand uh, Armando coming in. Uh, Cisco's one brother who is going to probably be villainous. So I think that's going to be our last big th- potential throwaway. And then I think after that, we'll be in kind of like the final three episode finale point, which I know Kevin Smith does one of them. Episode 21. Yep. So, so yeah. So I think it's going to be this. Then we're going to get our throwaway with rupture. And then I think it's going to go from there. And then I think it's going to wrap. So, yeah, I think it's a nice thing to point out, too. Uh, When it comes to IMDb, IMDb has actually gotten really good at not listing the titles to episodes way ahead of time. Um you know, when it came to Arrow, Arrow has eleven fifty nine for next week's episode listed, but the episode after that has no title as to not give away who it is that is killed at the end of the episode. But all the episodes after that have titles. Right. So they've gotten better at not giving away spoilers by listing the names of episodes. And Flash, after versus Zoom, has nothing listed for titles of episodes. Which is smart. <laughs> Which is very, very, very smart. Yeah. Uh, but moving on now, we're moving on to Legends of Tomorrow, episode one, or season one, episode nine, titled Left Behind. Ray, Sarah, Kendra are stranded in the 1950s when the Wave Rider takes off without them. And that's exactly where we left off at the end of episode eight. Uh, a lot of great nods in this episode, including, as we had mentioned early on, a huge plot twist i did not see coming i think you were the same way you did not see this coming no totally did not see that coming and i say again to anyone who says before this episode they saw this coming you're full of it because there were no clues to this whatsoever um but i think most importantly the one thing i want to point out is we saw the return of matt nabel as Raja ghoul which i thought was great um you know we saw sarah um you know, I mean, we're seeing Ray and Kendra um, form a relationship. They've been stranded for two years at this point, which I really uh, enjoyed. They did that with a couple things this this episode. They got they fixed a lot of small little nagging problems, and they resolved them all in one one single episode. Yes. So, like their their relationship now is a hundred percent believable because they've been a couple for two years. Sarah went back to the league and found her placement there and learned to deal with her bloodlust through Rachel Ghoul. So two big things that a lot of people have complained about out there on boards have been a hundred percent addressed. Yes. Sarah Lance, the first person in history to ever join a group before she joined a group. Indeed. <laughs> very, <laughs> so, self, very self-fulfilling prophecy. Yes. Like she even mentions at the end to Raish that, you know, to let her, uh, her daughter know to be at Lian Yu on a specific day uh, many, many years in the future. <laughs> so, yes. And even um, uh, we, we got to see Talia. You know, yes, the, for the first time. There, which I, was kind of cool. And there hasn't even really been a mention of Talia right. uh, so far, either in Arrow or, or Legends of Tomorrow. I know a lot of people have been curious because we've seen Nessa, but we haven't seen Talia. And now we know for sure Talia does exist in this universe. Right. So, And, 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 with, and with the Lazarus Pit being able to make Raj Agul seem young... Even though, tech, by technical terms, you know, Talia should be about 30 to 35 years older than Nessa. Right. Uh, you know, which would put her, like, I think in, like, mid-60s. But we she could, could still look good. I yes. mean, like, look like she's in her prime, like, maybe late 20s, early 30s kind of point. And most she could likely look, that's going to be the case. Yeah, she could look the same age as Nessa. So, 
Um, I know one moment I had in this episode, I don't know if you had it too, a true throw my hands in the air moment, not like I just don't care moment, but like a why, why, why. Uh, we reset the clock on Barista Watch. Yes, we did. And I was angry. <laughs> I have that written down. I'm like, no, we were doing so good. She's like... Ten thousand dollars. I made more of more than that as a barista. I'm like, yep, you were doing so good, Kendra. I, so I was, good. I was the same way. The moment she said I made more as a barista, I'm like, oh geez, really? I'm like, we, we right, went like so, three episodes. So we are now. I think uh, what it aired on Thursday. So we are what four days without incident. So. Yeah, yes, four <laughs> days without incident. That's exactly. I'm going to create an image. You should for that. We just and we're going to kick it down on, on on Facebook every day and Twitter. And this, <laughs> yes. This this is Barista Watch Zero Days Without an Incident when we re, when it resets and we'll yes. see if we can get to the end of the season and hopefully we can without another mention but totally. Yep. But um, that was what I was talking about earlier when I had like a nice little humorous nod when, when we got the Barista Watch. I'm like, oh, <laughs> damn it. Uh, um, it. It did make me laugh though. It actually kind of it made me chuckle and not in a roll eyes way, but I was like, oh. I was like, oh yeah, I was. The, I was like setting the clock back, you know. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, and the first thing that came to my mind was, as you had just mentioned, the calendar, the without incident calendar. Uh, I was, I immediately reset that number in my head. It's like it's been uh, three episodes. It's been a good run. All right, let's go back to zero. Yes, exactly. Um, I think a nice little nod that we had, I know you and I had mentioned this a little earlier on when we were prepping for this, uh, getting to Ray and Kendra being stuck. Um, you know, for the past two years in the 50s into the 60s, uh, we got a nice little nod to Hub City. Yeah. Uh, which the, uh, the Charlton characters. Uh, so if you're fans of like the question or like Blue Beetle, all of these characters came out of Charlton Comics before DC acquired them. So the fact that they threw in Hub City was a really kind of nice nod. Um, it makes me kind of hope that at some point in time they go back to Hub City, maybe kind of present day and we get to see the question i want to see the question on this show so bad he's one of my favorite characters um so yeah but the fact that we know hub city's around is pretty awesome yeah uh we got to a little bit of a reveal that uh when you know when pulled out of a timeline and left out of a timeline for a little while your your brain starts to uh starts to revert a little bit i mean we saw as we had mentioned earlier we saw sarah rejoin the league and she kind of went back to that primal instinct that she had when she was first with the league Mm -hmm. uh, almost to the point where she was turning on the rest of the gang when they come to rescue her right and we also saw a complete reversal of ray i mean a, a technological guru who loves technology he was really starting to love living in that time period with no technology becoming a teacher grading papers yeah and and things like that so we got to see that outside of your timeline and when you're stuck there it, you you kind of change a little bit yeah like interior like mentally like you, you start your your brain starts adapting and then we also saw a little goofy side of it too is uh as the wave rider comes out with jacks and stein and you know rip uh, dealing with uh, b- both kind of Victor Garber kind of lose- losing his shit a little bit, which was pretty funny to watch. Yeah. Him speaking the wrong languages and all. and <laughs> Yes. Him kind of getting stuck there for a few seconds. But I thought it was a lot of fun watching them kind of going all over the place. It was uh, it was, it was was some fun levity in the episode. Because, I mean, again, the episode was just fun. But I guess we got to get to the, the intense part now, don't we? Yeah, um, the as I had mentioned, the big plot twist that we had mentioned 
uh, earlier on, we saw Kronos come back on the Wave Rider. Uh, that was one of the ways we left the the episode off last time before we went on break. We saw Kronos on the Wave Rider. One of the reasons why the Wave Rider had left was because it was revealed in this episode that Kronos had kind of taken control of it. So it wasn't Rip leaving them behind. It was more Kronos taking control of the Wave Rider. Right. Putting uh, them taking- out of time and getting them lost in time. Yes, exactly. Um, And one of the big things that happens in this episode is that, uh, you know, we were always under the assumption that Kronos was after Rip and meant to stop Rip. But when he has an opportunity to, uh, I guess, abduct one of the team members, the team members he takes is not Rip. It's it's Snart. Yeah. It's Leonard Snart. Uh, Which raised a lot of questions really fast. Yes. And uh, it was very interesting to see. Because of somebody that doesn't have any impact on the timeline, why is he the target? Yes. Which leads us to, this is not the Kronos that I expected it was. When we go back to episode one on issue one of the show, um, I mentioned, I gave a little information about who Kronos is. And uh, very much expected that character. And that is not who is under that mask. Who was it? Uh, It turns out the man under the mask is Mick Rory. Heat wave. Heat wave. Again, and... it was it was one of those things that when I was watching the episode and I saw the whole scene with Kronos at the helm and Leonard, you know, handcuffed to the bar and the way they're talking and the way Kronos starts talking to him. It's this is literally like a minute to a minute and a half before the big reveal. I had that 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 light bulb that goes off. I'm like, wow. I'm like, wait a minute. I'm like, I don't think this is I'm like, I don't think this is where this is. This can't possibly going where I think this is yeah. going. And yeah, and I thought the same thing too because I heard the voice. I'm like, that sounded a little bit like Dominic Purcell. I'm like, nah, no way. Yeah, and that's how I was. I'm that. like, I'm like, wow. I'm like, hold on. I think Kronos is Mick. And then I'm like, no, nah, wait, that that can't be right. And then it's revealed Kronos is Mick, and it's it's mainly because the we find out that it's Leonard led the the team to believe that he finished off Mick he you know he left him and killed him and you know he put him out of his misery put him off the pasture and it turns out that wasn't the case uh he left him behind Leonard actually had the um the plan to go back and get him eventually and it turns out that the the time masters were the ones that got to him first yeah and apparently it wasn't quickly though too it was sounded like Mick was starving and dying before the time masters found him and started training him to basically being a time assassin over multiple lifetimes yes it sounds like as so well. again vanishing point he, he could have lived as long as he wanted to and he could have been in there for centuries yeah. um at the vanishing point because time has no meaning there whatsoever so i thought it was really cool not even just that but we dealt with again we have all these characters that we started with from episode one there's only a couple of them that are now not those characters that we had anymore. Like I said, you have Kendra and Ray that are now two years ahead of everybody. Um, you have Mick that is centuries older than everybody. Yeah. I mean, we're really starting to play with some very interesting dynamics and how that's really going to affect these 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 people as a team now. Um, you know, Sarah's known to the same way. I mean, like, we got to see some really cool progression, but I did not see this twist coming and having something like that to heat with. Yeah, I, I'm in total agreement with that as well. I, um... You know, I, I loved the twist, and it, it's really the one thing in this episode that had me give it the legendary status that I gave it. You know, when when you can throw the wool over my eyes like that and, you know, reveal something that I had no inclination at all, um, you've done a good job with your writing. 
Yeah, and, and I think honestly too, it was just that idea that you took the character that was the dumb one, you know, the the one that was the bruiser that you don't expect much from, and you go in a polar opposite direction in a way that you can't even think about because when you deal with time travel and have things like that, you have to really expect the unexpected. And this show has been giving us a lot of what we expected. Yeah. And I think they this was the episode that really changed changed the game. Yeah, I, I agree with that. Uh, I did hear a rumor, and this is more going into next week's episode. Uh, was there anything else about this week that we wanted to make mention? Oh, there was one other thing of this week. Uh, Leonard freezing his own hand and smashing it yeah. in order to get out of the handcuffs. And just to get to the team and save the team. Yeah. Um, this very amazing moment and... That was pretty intense, and I and I love the fact that they found a way around it at the end. They're like, oh, no, you know, well, we can fix this on the ship, you know. Gideon <laughs> well, can why, take care of it. And he's yeah. like, why didn't you tell us this beforehand? <laughs> well, none of you had lost a limb yet. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, that was a nice little humorous nod to, to being able to regenerate limbs mm-hmm. uh, in the in the episode. Uh, but we also see that they capture Mick by the end, and instead of putting him back out the pasture again, uh, they – the team is pretty much in agreement for the most part. Uh, they're going to rehabilitate. They're going to try and bring back the Mick that they know, uh, who's still crazy, but just not as crazy. <laughs> yeah, pretty much as he is now. But it's going to be interesting. I, I, I'm really kind of looking forward to seeing how that all plays out. And it was, I think, it was what was the hardest part of this episode was watching Snart deal with the fact that his friend did that and kind of betrayed him that badly between. Just not even this, this, just the time pirates, but with that as well. And um, it was kind of hard to see those characters have that such a bumpy road the last couple episodes because they've been so tight for so long. And uh, the last, this show is really putting those characters through the ringer, and it's been very interesting, though. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, but um, yeah, I'm, I'm very much, very, I'm still very much committed to this show. I'm looking forward to where. Uh, where this is going to go because we're we're really only just over halfway yeah for this series well i think it's uh, i think it's a shorter season than the rest of it's what 16 episodes it's 16 episodes but i mean you know episode eight when they took the break was the halfway point and we just now came back yeah so we're we're just over halfway i mean we're not even close to this ending yet we still have seven more episodes before this is going to wrap up yeah so uh, I'm very much looking forward to where the show is going from this point because now they're starting to really experiment with a lot of things that are working out very well for them. I agree. And I, I got to say, too, if I have to really say out of all the shows this week, I would say many of them deserve their legends that they got. This one deserved. If I could give it you know, beyond a legend, I would have um, just because of the sheer things I just never saw coming and how many things they addressed that I had problems with the show and they did it in a fun, smart way. Um, it was just amazing writing. With the other shows that got their legends this week, they did it because they were a lot of fun. This one got it because it was fun and incredibly, incredibly smartly done. Yes, so. agreed. Agreed completely. Uh, next week, we're going to see uh, episode uh, episode 10 uh, titled Progeny. Uh, the team is divided over killing a 14-year-old boy who will grow to be a powerful ally for Savage. So we're getting back into the Vandal Savage episodes of this show uh we found out at the end of this episode they are going into the future so this is we're going to see more of the consequences of time travel because we're again getting a very large jump in time we're Uh, also getting one of the characters daughters in this episode too 
Uh, I do believe, if memory serves correctly, that Firefly fans, Jewel, uh, Jewel Slate, uh, will be coming in and playing, I believe, the Rachel Adams. Turner. Yeah, uh, the Adams' daughter. Yes, Ray so, Turner's daughter. Mm-hmm. Um, I heard a rumor. Or Ray Palmer. Ray Palmer's daughter, yeah, of Ray Turner. God, he goes right along with Randall Savage. Um, I heard a rumor. I don't know how true it is. It's probably just a rumor. Uh, but I heard because of the fact that we're going into the future, we are going to either meet or get nods to Terry McGinnis. There has been some rumblings that that might be happening. And uh, there's also been some rumblings that we may actually go back into the past future a little bit more as well. Back in the 2046 and Connor Hawk maybe joining up is still sometime this season for a short period of time. So um, so there's going to be a lot of, sounds like a lot of interesting future stuff coming up very soon. Yes. Uh, Terry episode, McGinnis. Yeah. Terry McGinnis, for those of you that don't know, uh, is Batman Beyond. Yes. Uh, a very awesome, awesome Batman that I would love to see in a live action format at some point. Uh, we have yet to see it, but I would love to see it. Indeed. In some form. So it's time for the big one. Yes, we are moving on to the one episode I know we were looking forward to for weeks, that being World's Finest from Supergirl, episode 18 of the first season, the Flash crossover uh, with Supergirl. And let me tell you, it had a lot of hype. It lived up to every bit of it. It did. It did not disappoint whatsoever. Not in one little bit. So uh, this is, as I had mentioned to Rob before uh, we started recording, my usual process for this podcast is I watch every episode twice. Uh, first time to enjoy it as a fan, and then the second time I take notes for the podcast. Uh, this week, because of the events that happened last weekend and my travels and such, I really only had time to watch uh, Arrow, Flash, and Legends once. Uh, so I was taking notes while enjoying it as a fan. However, Supergirl, I watched four times. Because it was just phenomenal. Yeah, I think I was. I had about three viewings, and I had a pretty packed week, so it was. Yes. Uh, it was a lot of fun. Um, again, Supergirl has been on such a great uptick, and we we all thought it was going to happen that this week was just going to blow the doors off of everything with how viewership was and ratings was, and that sounds like that was very much the case. Um, Again, still no word on the season two yet from CBS. I was kind of surprised we didn't hear that this past week. But no, but but I mean the the reports are out. Yeah, you know the reports have been revealed that this is a season high ratings wise, uh, by no slim margin. Yeah, like the the ratings were through the roof for this episode. Yeah, I I know people who don't watch Supergirl who tuned in because Flash came over. Mm-hmm. And uh, like I said, for example, like me and my wife sat down to watch together and she's seen one episode of Supergirl so far, which was just the pilot. And she adored it. And she was like, I want to start going back and watching the show again. Um, yeah, that should tell you something. If you've been on the fence, haven't really watched much and you've maybe just listened to us talk like I'm finally all caught up again. I did. Um, <laughs> I finally filled in those four episodes that I missed from the beginning and uh, got back up to speed just because I wanted to do so because of live wire and all in this episode. But yeah, it was just a. Uh, it was it was great, and we were worried about how Barry was going to be portrayed on the show, and he was the Barry we love. Um, yes. He was absolutely the Barry we love, and just got to say this right off the bat, and I think Ben will agree, 
amazing, amazing chemistry on screen with Supergirl. Amazing. Phenomenal chemistry. I mean, I think some of the chemistry, I think she honestly had better chemistry with Barry than she has had with some of the characters who are regulars on that show. Yeah, I I completely agree. And I think you actually saw the other characters shine more, too, when Barry was around. Like, we saw a lot more fun out of Wynn. Wynn was geeking out like he was Cisco almost. Um, One of my my favorite lines from Wynn... um, I have two really good favorite moments from this episode, and I'll mention them very quick. Uh, the first moment we see Barry reveal his powers to Win and um, James, uh, and James, uh, the look on Kara's face when he hands her ice cream uh, is my favorite moment from this episode. Her reaction to having ice cream is just—it's <laughs> hysterical. It uh, was but- amazing, and, and like I said. Little, little bit of humble bragging from Flash, but it was humble bragging like he humble brags. <laughs> yes. Uh, but my other another moment that really made me laugh, too, was when Wynn was poking fun at James for being jealous of Barry. Uh, and he turns and he looks and he's like, jealousy, thy name is Olsen. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which was another great line. And again, just a goofy side of Wynn that we saw because he's geeking out over the fact that a theory that he had heard of the multiverse has now been proven to be true from him. And I got to got to say they they did flash science in this aka we had a whiteboard so they Dude, explained I was, it all. <laughs> I was going to point that out. You know, you've mentioned week after week after week that the writers have a whiteboard that they go to to explain things and this week they literally had a whiteboard. They did. Explaining the multiverse theory which was great. And I love it as like you know, a universe of all bad guys. Oh, I've actually been there already. <laughs> so nice little nod to Earth 3 well, even though actually, I, I think he well, was no, referring was to Earth, Earth 2. 2. It's kind of like yeah. how we said kind of like the Earth 2 we seen in the flash is very much kind of seemed like the earth three because everybody there seems to be a bad guy yes. and now with the whole stuff with jay it kind of confirms it <laughs> so um yeah. but yeah we have actually something else in the news too we'll bring up on that one too that's going to even kind of help kind of say that that's actually really more so the case than we thought um yes but yeah it was um, um it was it was awesome just to watch them they had so much fun on screen together it was so much fun to watch them uh and i loved even the interactions they had with cat grant on top of that too Oh my god, the CW comment. It's like you uh, all look like a diverse cast from a, a, a racially reject, diverse cast from, C- from a rejected CW show. <laughs> yes. Oh, it was amazing. A nice little nod to that. It was almost like a, a fourth wall break uh-huh. uh, for the show, which was great. Um, the humor between Barry and Cat Grant was great. You know, I, I see now that talking was a bad decision. Mm-hmm. Uh, so many great one liners from the show, and, you know, um, just. We we also found out too from you know certain things that when it comes to the multiverse there aren't always Earths where you exist. Uh, we found out there is no Cisco Ramon. There is a Star City, but there's no Star Labs. There's no Cisco Ramon. There's no Caitlin. Um, so this is an Earth where their characters do not exist. Uh, Oliver Queen does not exist. The rest of the Arrowverse does not exist. Yeah, in this world. So it's going to be interesting to see how Supergirl plays with that going forward with now her having this knowledge. Um, And I'm really kind of curious if they're going to start playing with that a little bit. So it's possible. Yeah, especially because of the fact that I know now with the success of this crossover, if Supergirl is renewed for a season two, um, you know, they want to do this again, but now in a bigger scale. Right. You know, they and want to see Supergirl come over. I was kind of sad also knowing that this was only one episode. I would have loved to have seen another hour of this. Um, but again, I'm just happy we got it because we weren't even supposed to get this at all this season. They said, hey, maybe season two. We'll see. 
But uh, yeah, it was nice to see that that actually come to fruition. So yeah, uh, there was a nice little nod to Smallville in this episode, uh, not the city, but the show. Mm-hmm. In that, Cat Grant, when she was naming the Flash for their Earth, uh, called him the Blur, which was a name that was given to Clark before he became Superman. Right. They had named him. They had. They were calling him the Blur. So, uh, and it was because of the fact that he could run extremely fast, and that's all that people saw, and that's what you got from Barry. This episode was you just saw a flash of somebody running past. So nice little nod to to Smallville as well, and a nice little nod to uh, you know uh, season one Flash. And they referred to she even came out and said the streak as well. So it was kind of nice to see that kind of jump in there. Yes, exactly. Um, I love the fact that we got the foot race at the end of the episode, which is pretty much what World's Finest is all about. But I did take note to something. Somebody had mentioned this online, and I did notice this, and I'm, I'm actually really enjoying the fact that I, I know this now. Uh, the comic book World's Finest was world, comma, apostrophe, S, finest, mm-hmm. meaning referring to whether it be either Flash or Superman. Right. This time around, there is no apostrophe. It's actually just worlds. World's finest, meaning we're talking about the multiverse where there are multiple worlds. Yeah. So uh, I did not even pick up on that until I saw somebody else mention it online. And I'm loving that. Mm -hmm. I I don't know why I didn't notice it before. Yeah. Well, we haven't even touched on the villains yet this week. So No, not at all. (laughs) There's so much this episode. Yeah. Uh, So like I said, we did see Siobhan Smythe in the beginning kind of losing her shit. And, you know, being taken into the DEO and them kind of seeing what they could do to help her. And she sees Livewire locked up. And uh, as she leaves, she just needs to kind of get some air. And things go horribly awry when she goes and shows back up at the uh, the Daily Planet. So, yeah, it was, uh, it um, was or not the Daily Planet. Sorry, uh, Catco. So. Catco, yeah. So. I, that's all right. I agreed with you. Yeah. Because <laughs> <laughs> I knew what you meant and I just, I didn't even pick up on it. But yeah, so we do find out that she's got basically kind of like the, the Banshee curse from her family. And we find out a little bit more about that. So we we know, I guess, she, you can kind of view her as a meta. Um, I, I, it's kind of hard to kind of say how that works. But again, Banshee's always kind of been based on magic. Uh, in the comic books, which is why his ability, uh, the her abilities, has always affected Superman in the past. So I guess that sticks with the whole magic kind of formula there. And uh, you know, she meets up with uh, Livewire, breaks her out, and uh, quite quite interesting kind of pairing between the two of them. It was pretty cool to see. And then you know, obviously we have to you know because they're teaming up, she needs to change her look and get yeah, her little the, makeover, the Banshee makeover. Mm-hmm. So, which looked really awesome. Yeah, very, very Day of the Dead. Uh, I yeah. thought it was kind of cool, the fact that they kind of went that inspired away. But I thought it looked good on screen. Yeah, I thought it looked great on screen. And, I mean, again, of course, we saw the personality uh, with Livewire when she came back as well. Uh, we also got to see in the trials and tribulations between Kara and Barry taking on Livewire and Silver Banshee, the one thing Kara was worried she was not going to be able to do she wins back the city. Yes, and we get kind of a moment from Spider-Man 2, or the Amazing Spider-Man, however you want to put it, <laughs> where everybody steps up and they help, uh, instead of having Barry, another hero, save the day, a fireman saves the day, which I thought yes. was kind of touching. Yeah. Um, it, it fit well in the show. They kind of, you know, one of the things that we saw earlier was Kara and uh, Barry talking and her kind of saying that she's concerned about that. And it was just the idea of Barry saying, you just need to slow down and put faith in the people kind of thing. And 
sure enough, when she saves a whole bunch of lives at the end of it, people step up and kind of do the same for her. Yeah, exactly. But it was a, um, it was a nice touching moment. It was a it was a short fight, but I feel like we still got a lot of flash this episode with her interacting. That it was okay. It was a short fight that was ended with middle school science. Yes, exactly. <laughs> you know, uh, water plus electricity equal bad. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, you know, so, you know, while Supergirl and Flash are doing their thing and making mountain out of a molehill, a fireman comes in with a hose and puts an end to both of them. So, yeah. uh, which, but I, but you know what? If the episode was still a lot of fun, if that's my only complaint from the episode, I have no complaints. Right. Like uh, again, I, said, I, it was, it was slightly silly, but I actually, actually thought it fit for the, for some odd reason. Yes. Uh, and we also saw uh, a lot more play out this week with the Kara James dynamic. Yes, we did. Um, we saw Kat giving Kara advice to pursue James, if that's what she really wants. Uh, even some advice from Barry at the end of the episode, you know, where sometimes it's best not to slow down and, uh, you know, to, to kind of speed things up, meaning she should go after go after James. And the most and- important lesson of this episode is don't take donuts from Cat Grant. Yeah. <laughs> were they donuts or cupcakes? Oh, cupcakes, cupcakes. I think they were cupcakes. Yeah. The, the donut comment, though, was more Kara, like, do you like donuts? Who doesn't like donuts? <laughs> you know, when Barry talks about how he has to consume all the calories. Yeah. So, again, a lot of just fun conversation, fun character dynamic, a lot of great interactions between characters. I can't wait um, to see if Supergirl gets the renewal so that we can see more of this. Yeah. And uh, it's just... Super well done. Yeah. You know, and, my hat's off to CBS mm-hmm. and to Berlanti and everybody involved. Yeah. Like I episode. said, they, you know, uh, we didn't mention that they do share, you know, James and Kara share a kiss at the end. And uh, the episode ends with looks like Project Myriad turning on, which yes. is mind control. And you see the citizens of the city lining up and marching to, I guess, non at this point. Well, so. I mean, that that leads us into the next episode. Supergirl is on break this week as well. Right. So we're only getting new episodes of Arrow and Legends of Tomorrow. But next week's, uh, the next episode uh, returning on April 11th is titled Myriad. Mm-hmm. Uh, Nan and Indigo use mind control to make the citizens of National City their army. So Kara must find a way to save her friends, uh, which means we're going to see a return of Lara Vandervoort as Indigo as well. Yes. So, so yeah, so. very, very good. It was a fun episode. So... But yeah, yeah, that wraps up the shows. So I guess well, it's... Well, oh, I just want to say one more thing. Another really great thing I loved about the Supergirl Flash crossover. It's very quick nod. They used music from The Flash. Yes. The the, when, the blending of the two songs. Yes. Very cool. Uh, which, which makes me very reminiscent to our friend George Shaw, who, you know, who does our theme music, who we'll mention again later. But, you know, his blending of Batman and Superman for our theme music... Uh, you know, this was a very nice touch of blending Supergirl's music with Flash's music. So, yeah. Uh, but yeah, as you had mentioned, that kind of wraps up everything for Secret Origins. Uh, no more geeking out on the, on the episodes of this week. Uh, but that leads us into the next segment of the podcast, which is DC Essentials, where we're talking about the news in DC as well as make some recommendations for some things that we might want you to check out. Uh, but it, as we had mentioned, we have a lot in the news this week. So I don't know which one of us wants it. We're saving the one for last. I know that. Yeah. Why don't Why don't you go through? I think you had three pieces, and I think I had four p- quick pieces, and then we'll have our big one to discuss. Okay. That sounds good to me. Uh, on the note of last week, how we had done our little review of Batman versus Superman Dawn of Justice, uh, it has come to 
one of the big things I know, Rob and I, you and I haven't had a chance to talk about this yet. So this is kind of the first we're discussing it. Uh, somebody who recently came out, and again, I'm not saying you shouldn't go see the movie. I'm not saying take it, you know, I'm, I'm saying take it with a grain of salt. Uh, somebody who I did not expect to make a statement on the movie, actually made a statement on the movie, Kevin Smith, uh, has come out and said that he was very disappointed in the movie and he is a huge Batman fan. Uh, before you go into the too much, be careful. He did kind of go back and redact that. He he did. He so, did. Um, he, but one, yeah, I, I wasn't going to go into full what he said, but you know, one thing he just did uh, was going to lead into my story is he mentioned that he, he felt the movie didn't have as much heart as it should. There was no humor in the movie and he was right. I, I went back and I thought about it. There's really not a lot of moments you laugh in the movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, but with that being said, that leads me into my story. Uh, Suicide Squad is actually going to be going some uh, undergoing some expensive reshoots to add more jokes to the movie because they don't want it to suffer from what a lot of people are criticizing from Batman versus Superman. Yeah, and I wouldn't read into that too much. Most films plan reshoots well in advance, and I would assume this was played, uh, like definitely thought of well in advance prior to Batman vs Superman, um, because ultimately it takes a lot more than a week of a movie to come out and say, "Oh crap, we need to go back." It's these people are very expensive. Production is very expensive. It's not a "Hey crap, we have to go in tomorrow and fix this movie." So don't think of it that way. Um, the fact that they've already greenlit the sequel means that these guys really think there's something special here. And uh, so I wouldn't wouldn't stress about that too oh, much. Oh yeah, I so. mean, and even if you look at the trailer for Suicide Squad, lack of humor after watching the trailer was not something I was worried about. Yeah, I mean, because there were moments in the trailer that made me chuckle, so I was already on board. Yeah, like reshoots this time, right before uh, a movie is going through its last push for, uh, you know, stuff in post is pretty pretty common. So I wouldn't. Yeah, I wouldn't. If you're one of those people that are going to look at this and hear this piece of news and say, "See, I told you this movie's going to suck." You know, calm down a second and just think about this. This is very common. This is something that happens in almost every major action film because when you get to doing visual effects, some things just never line up. They need another scene because maybe there was some something that just didn't fit. They weren't able to do an effects piece, clean up a shot that they needed, have a transition they needed, something like that. So yeah, usually exactly. these are small little things, not large sequences. Yeah. Uh, but on the same note, uh, sticking with more Batman news, uh, this is something I have not checked out myself, but I will for sure because I'm looking forward to this. Uh, Batman the Killing Joke 12-minute sneak peek has been released. Uh, a 12-minute sneak peek of the upcoming animated short Batman the Killing Joke, which is based on Alan Moore's classic Batman comic, is now available online. And if you go to YouTube, you can search Batman the Killing Joke and find it. Or just to make it easier, I will add a link to it in the description of this podcast on the website uh, as well as the the Facebook posting as well and we will do our best because that has been redacted almost everywhere from from Warner Brothers unfortunately there are a couple other versions out there that are cut down there to showing the footage which I got a chance to watch one of them today so you may have to click around a little bit in YouTube to find it there's at least I think they showed about three or four minutes of actual animated footage from multiple sequences of the film and it looks phenomenal so yeah I I really uh, now, I didn't know it was redacted, so now... Mm, well, um, if uh, you do pick up the Blu-ray copy or DVD copy of Justice League versus Teen Titans, that is on that DVD. So you'll be able to check it out there as well. So, Well, the link I just clicked on actually is still working. Cool. So um, uh, what I'm going to do is I'm going to snag it and <laughs> i'm not going to post a link i'm going to post the video itself so that this way so there you uh, go. warner brothers warner brothers has to find it from our site to redact <laughs> it as well so there you go uh, folks there you have a place to watch it just in case 
Yes, so. exactly. So by the time this podcast is up, I will have it up on our website as well. Okay. Uh, and lastly, on my end for the news, I'm very excited about this because I love this actor. I'm a fan of this guy. Uh, Legends of Tomorrow has added Patrick J. Adams as a surprise DC character um, that will be revealed in, I heard, I know he's going to be part of uh, season two premiere, but I think he's actually going to show up in the finale. Yeah, of they did confirm season. the finale. So, a uh, mysterious character, Patrick J. Adams, who, if you don't know, is from the television Suits, television show Suits on USA Network, which I'm a big fan of that show as well. Um, but yeah, I know possible rumors. I've heard of a number of different ones, and I think as of right now, it's been narrowed down to. Uh, him possibly playing Booster Gold, which I know is a character a ton of people have been, you know, pushing to see uh, because of his connection to to Rip Hunter uh, or Alan Scott as well as another one that we might see him portray. So, in and, Legends of so another like you know classic like you know Silver Age Green Lantern. So that'd be kind of cool. Yeah. So, uh, but that's it for my end for for news. Uh, for me, uh, not a ton to co- go over. Again, Smallville apparently will be coming to Hulu sometime in 2016. I know that's kind of vague. They said they're still trying to pinpoint a date, but they said it's probably sooner rather than later, and it will be the entire show in again its entirety. So, if you want to go back and check that out, that will be pretty cool, and we'll we'll keep you guys posted as soon as that does drop. Um, yeah, we, and I do recommend that too. I watched all ten seasons of Smallville. It and like unlike any show that runs for ten se- or you know just like any show that runs for ten seasons, it's going to have great seasons. It's going to have horrible seasons. Uh, just stick with it. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, it's not like you're watching it week to week. You can binge it and you know suffer through some of the the rough seasons because I, to me the payoff was was really well worth it. And honestly, if even if you just go back, there is a Booster Gold episode that's amazing. Yes, yes, there and is. And there's an amazing two-part JSA episode that involves Hawkman and Dr. Fate that Jeff Johns actually wrote, which was amazing. I will tell you right now that the season I was most disappointed with is the Doomsday season. Uh, so if you get to that, um, just suffer through it. It's, <laughs> you know, cause, um, after that the show picks back up again. So, uh, you could take that from me. Yeah. Um, like I said, uh, one of the other things we did find out this week is Jeff Johns and Ben Affleck apparently have finished their very first draft of uh, a Batman film. And Yay. now while as exciting as this may be, we have heard officially from Ben's PR rep that he has not been contractually negotiated at all to do any solo Batman films at this point. His only three films left on his slate for DC are his appearance in Suicide Squad and Justice League's part one and part two. Uh, Zack Snyder and apparently him have been talking very heavily about getting him to sign and be on board. Apparently the script is very impressive. And again, with a comic writer like Jeff Johns and him writing that together, I'd be very curious to see what it will be. Um, but they did say if he does indeed sign, it will be for the role of for acting and directing the film. So, Which I think could be really good. There's a lot of potential for that. Yeah. Uh, and they'd be kind of stupid. After Batman versus Superman, they would be stupid not to offer him the role. Right. Uh, other uh, kind of movie news, it sounds like for the Justice League movie, we will not be dealing as with Darkseid as the big bad. It sounds like all signs are pointing to Atlantis to be the 
the our big issue that we'll be dealing with as a whole, which makes a lot of sense. It's kind of how they handled it in the comics in the New 52 reboot. Uh, you, you know, after Justice League War, there's the Justice League, uh, what is it, Fate of Atl- or no, Throne of Atlantis, I think is the second animated film. So I think that'll be dealing with Aquaman joining the team, but probably larger issues, probably a hand between somebody like Black Manta or maybe like Ocean Master. So be kind of curious to see how that plays out, um, but not too much to go on for that. And let's see, last piece of news before we get to some of the major stuff. It looks like Echo Kellum from Arrow will be actually a season regular come season five. So Mr. Terrific will be seeing a lot more of him. Uh, so I guess the last piece, big piece is kind of going to Casket Watch. So yes. look at uh, your time now. Give us, let's see, I don't know, say one minute to talk about this real quickly. I, I Minute and a half. Minute and a half? Right. I'd say a minute and a half. Okay. So, uh, do you want to go with it? All right, cool. So we yeah. know it, the uh, it, that grave marker, the picture has been leaked online with that name being Dinah Laurel Lance, and under that inscribed saying "The Black Canary." And there is a picture of both Paul Blackthorne and Katie Lotz looking over the grave. So it does appear to be the fact that Katie Cassidy's character will be the one killed off in episode eleven fifty nine. Yeah. That's so. It's such a bummer. I'm very, very disappointed. Um, I am too. And we won't get into this real long, just because there's another part here. We did give people a timeline, but this is not the last time we will be seeing Katie Cassidy. It also, it sounds like she will be appearing in the finale of The Flash as an Earth Two Laurel Lance. So many questions are arising. So they did say one character is gonna die, and they are gonna stay dead, but it doesn't say anything about their doppelgangers. So My, one character is gonna die with, but you know. Earth 2, Laura Lance, leads a lot of potential. Yep. Uh, we could see a new member of, you know, the uh, the Legends of Tomorrow. Or it could be even on Flash, or, you know, it could be going back to Arrow. We don't know yet, so. Yeah. All right, well, I think our time is just about up on that one, so. <laughs> yeah, so welcome back. So welcome back. And, um, uh, but yeah, so that's kind of the news for this week, so we'll find out a lot more about how that one's going to play out next week. Yeah, uh, that leads us to the last part of DC Essentials, where we, you know, make some recommendations for things you want. Or we want you to kind of check out if you haven't already. Uh, mine is more just a retro kind of thing. Um, it's something I'm sure everybody has seen, but I watched again over the weekend uh, when I was trying to kill some time, and just it's something I haven't seen in a very long time that I just kind of reminisced about and realized how good it truly is. Uh, I went back and I rewatched the original Michael Keaton Batman with Jack Nicholson as the Joker. And I, I I realized how much I absolutely love that movie. Uh, You know, I've been a big Keaton fan as Batman. He's been my favorite Batman probably up until now after seeing Aflac. (laughs) Like I said, it's still a classic in our eyes. Like I said, that was, that was my first real kind of Batman. Um, that I had in my life. I mean, we had the Adam West stuff that we got to see in syndication growing up, but uh, I remember seeing that in the theater and just, you know, maybe at like eight or nine years old and just being blown away. So, yeah, yeah, exactly. So that's mine for the week. Uh, mine for the week is actually head on over to YouTube and go over to DC Entertainment's actual YouTube page. Uh, we mentioned last week, we talked about Justice League issue 50 going to be reviewing uh, the origin of the Joker, or not maybe his origin, but his name. Um, that did come out through a panel. I didn't get a chance to watch it last week when we were actually recording, but there is a full Rebirth panel. So if you're still on the fence on comics and you're waiting for a good jumping on point, Rebirth is going to be that time. Um, they're gonna. I think it's going to be a good entry point for people looking to get into DC and uh, 
Yeah, I think what you can do is sit down. It's an hour and a half long. If you have an interest in it, you can watch the full panel where they bring out all the creative teams, some of the artists, and they talk a little bit about each of the characters and the direction they're going to be going and what has been lost from old DC Universe to the new 52 and how they're planning on addressing some of those things. So uh, very interesting. Um, like I said, it's always fun to listen to people like Jim Lee, Jeff Johns, Dan DiDio, uh, sitting down all talking to the creative team and uh, finding out what the books are going to be on the DC slate find out who's going to be writing them and uh, why they're doing what they're doing. And uh, it sounds very interesting. And if you like that, you can go over to Comixology. They already have the pre-orders up for the Rebirth books. A lot of these books are going to be shipping twice monthly now, um, not just one a month. But the price is going to be $2.99. Some books are only shipping monthly as well. And I believe this gets kicked off, if memory serves correctly. I want to say June. Um, it sounds about right. I could be slightly off on that timeline, but again, uh, you can head over to Comixology, already pre-order the books if you want to, if there's something that's interesting. And the only reason I bring this up is if these books don't exist, we don't have these characters to talk about in the TV show. It's very important to kind of support the books as a whole because they, um, they also don't make movies. If a character is something big, like, uh, Harley Quinn was in the animated series, she makes a transition to the comic book universe now into the... We have seen nods of her in the TV universe. Now we have a film coming out with her. So it's very important to support this hobby. Um, So make sure you go check out the Rebirth stuff. See if there's something that you like that sounds cool. And uh, support DC. Yeah. And I'm sure our friends, uh, you know, Brian and Sean over at uh, DCR are going to be talking about them when they come out as well. Yeah, I think uh, this this, their past episode uh, this week, they did at least go through the creative teams and give a couple quick thoughts. So you could either check out that YouTube page or just go over and listen to DCR. Um, There was a very short comic book week this week. There was only, I think, like four issues out. But they do spend some time this week, I think about close to like 40 minutes, talking about Rebirth. You know, go to the the people that know comics and uh, hear what they think. Watch the video, see what ties up with what your interests are, and then check out those books. I think it's a good way to go right now. Yeah, this might even be a good time for me to jump back into some DC Comics because it's been years since I've read DC Comics. Yeah, I'm a little Um, out of step myself, so I was going to look at this as a relaunching point for me. I kind of started the New 52, slipped out a little bit, and then uh, when I haven't been able to catch up, I've been either reading reviews on IGN or listening to uh, our friends at DCR. So, and... uh, it's it's a good way to do it, but it's there's nothing better than actually sitting down and reading them yourself. So yeah, yeah, exactly. But that's uh, that's it for my recommendation. Cool. So uh, cheap plugs before we get out of here. Uh, I'll let you go first because I have a little bit of a a thing that you know about and mm-hmm. Brian and Sean know about that was just announced for one of my other podcasts. And I'm hoping so, to be a uh, part of hopefully tomorrow. Yes, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm going to try. I'm going to try. So. Uh, so I'll let you go first this time and then I'll, I'll talk about that. Okay. Um, obviously, uh, first off, uh, always a big thanks to George Shaw. You can always check out his stuff at georgeshawmusic.com. Uh, for me, you can always just head over to the Caffeine, uh, Caffeine Crew's website, which is caffeinecrew.com. You can always find us at Facebook and Twitter at The Caffeine Crew and on Twitter and just Caffeine Crew on Facebook. You can always reach out to me as well if you would like to email me at thecaffeinecrew at gmail.com or hit us up as well at DC Primetime at nextlevelradioonline.com. Yeah. Uh, you know, and speaking of, this is part of the, the Next Level Podcast Network, uh, in which one of the other podcasts that I do on this is called The Showcast. It is our flagship uh, you know, the first podcast we ever started on this network, we've been going for over two years now. Our guests have been getting bigger and better. And I will make the announcement now on this podcast, as we had mentioned on our Facebook page, this coming episode, this next episode coming out. Uh, we've been trying to get this guy for a long time. 
And I'm, I've mentioned, you know, we talked to Falk Henschel, Michael Rowe, Selena Jade, uh, you know, all characters who after we talked to them were killed off. Uh, and now I'm happy that at least this time we're going to break that curse now that we know who's in the casket. I won't say it in case you tuned back in, uh, but you'll know it won't be this person. Very excited. We're going to be speaking to the one and only Paul Blackthorne this week, a.k.a. Quentin Lance. Uh phenomenal actor you know dresden files as well as a bunch of other things uh a character i've I've really grown to love quentin in this show and when we were thinking about the possibility he might have been in the one in the casket uh i'm i was really bummed Mm -hmm. that it could have been him and i'm i'm happy now that we know it's not and i'm super super excited to talk to him this week hey you never know dude the the, we still got a week to go you could be wrong and we could all be wrong on everything that that came out that's true and if that's the case and he is in the cast and he is in the casket i'm never booking another interview for a narrow cast member again i was gonna say because that uh i forget to i forgot to mention that news story that we were reporting on did come out on april 1st so a lot of people said hey this is not a joke but we have no idea yeah but some of those pictures looked kind of hard to doctor yeah but you never know <laughs> you really never know but That's true because uh, again we'll think about it michael rowe was on your show twice he died not even just on earth one but earth two as well <laughs> on so earth two. you killed him <laughs> twice man exactly so, let's so, let's uh, let's not go for you know you you're already past the hat trick so <laughs> yeah yeah but i mean if you're interested in hearing that interview you can go over to our website obviously um after next week starting on monday because the, the episode will be up on monday uh so you can go over to next level radio online.com click on the show links and go to the show cast and it'll be posted right there or you can find us on itunes under uh next level radio in the itunes store and while you're there subscribe to dc primetime if you don't already if you're listening via streaming on the website subscribe on itunes too as well uh and if you do subscribe to us on itunes already uh rate and review us on there as well we'd love to get this into the the new and noteworthy section of uh of itunes as well yeah but i that's that's it for this week man yeah, uh, a great week of shows. Uh, again, we're going to be taking, well, we're not taking a break, but um, Flash and Supergirl are on break this coming week. So we'll have Arrow next week. We'll have DC's Legends of Tomorrow next week. And as we usually do, I'm sure we'll find something to fill the time. We always do. Yeah, uh, and maybe that'll be uh, Justice League versus Teen Titans, I think, next yeah. week. Because that did come out. That comes out tomorrow on Blu-ray. It's already on streaming right now. But uh, yes. maybe that's that's what we'll take a look at. And maybe I'll watch that, you know, on Tuesday since Flash isn't on. Maybe that's what I'll watch. Perfect. And then we can talk about that next week as well. So sounds like a plan to me. Sounds good. Yeah. Uh, So, yeah. So with that being said, we are going to get out of here. Thank you once again for joining us on this issue of DC Primetime. We'll see you guys around the bend. Take care. Peace. Peace.